Well, hello everybody. It's wonderful to have you with us. I pray wherever you are that you know that God is with you exactly in the place where you are. As we are in this Lenten journey, has, have you ever paused and thought about some of the hardship in your life? You ever thought about why does God permit the tough stuff to happen? Why does it appear that for people who are Christian that uh, sometimes life can be just so very difficult? And sometimes we can look through those tinted glasses and think, well, life's so much harder for us than it is for others. But I'm not so sure that that's true. Uh, earlier today, I happened to be speaking to a friend of mine, a friend who works in a business, is a very good person, and yet told me about three situations that they are facing that ultimately has caused them and their business trouble, has damaged their reputation, has damaged what they have done because of what people have done. And they've had no knowledge of these things, situations. And you can just see in this person's face as they shared with me, as my friend shared with me, it was evident that they were carrying a weight, a weight of burden, a weight of struggle, that what some people had done that they had no knowledge of, no, uh, no, no, they're not responsible for in any way, that they somehow have got sucked into, pulled into, and life is difficult for them and they are suffering and their reputation is suffering because of it. Why does God permit some of the things he does? The truth is we don't know. The truth is if we're really, and, and I appreciate that it sound like a cop-out, but sometimes we don't know. What we do know is that God uses everything for his glory. What we do know is that God is playing the long game. God is playing the ultimate game. And what's the ultimate game? Is that we would be in relationship with him here, but that we would also be with God in, in, rela in relationship with him in eternity. And everything has that as its goal. Everything has as its goal us being drawn into the life of God exactly uh, where he is. And, and, and I want to read to you a couple of verses of Scripture. And you, you may stop and think, well, these don't necessarily comfort me that much. And I used to think that when you went to see someone or you were, you were going to talk to them if you were having troubles, that people would try and comfort you. Until I met a friend of mine who said, what's God called you to? I told him what I felt like God's called him to. I told him about how hard I was having a bit of whinge. I was telling him about how hard it is. And he just turned to me and he said, well, if that's what God has asked you to do, it's going to be difficult. And God's not going to take away that pain. God's not going to take away those challenges. But God will strengthen you to be in the midst of all that there is. Because if that's what he's asked you to do, then make sure you do it. And it just really shocked me, rocked me, to be honest. Because sometimes, you know, when you go to someone who's wise, you expect them to help you lift yourself out of your problems. Where this person said to me, that may be just exactly where God wants you to be. We'll have a look in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 24. It says this, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone, anyone want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who want to lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they, gain, they give in return for their life? Let's read it one more time. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, 
Let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Now, when I was a young man and some people told me about becoming a Christian, I, I would have to tell you that I had a very, 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 very wrong impression. I had this impression that if I gave my life to God, if I committed my life to God, that somehow my problems would waft away, that they would lift. But the scriptures doesn't say that. The scripture says, if you want to be my follower, take up your cross, take up the disciplines, take up the way you're meant to live in order that you would bear the fruit of the cross, which is resurrection. And Lent is a time when we acknowledge the fact that there is things in our lives where we have to carry the cross because we ultimately want resurrection in our life. See, there are many of us who just want to go from where we are to resurrection. We just want to go from where we are to success. We just want to go from where we are to all the benefits of being on the other side of where we are right now. And what does this say? Then Jesus told him, if anyone wants to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. There's something about following Jesus that requires a discipline, requires a higher way of seeing, a higher way of living. For those who want to save their life will lose it. For many of us, we just want an easier life, don't we? For many of us, we want everything to work out okay, don't we? We want, we want not to have to work hard and be successful. We want to be able to live almost, the world says, live almost any way you want and you'll be happy. And that's just not true. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And for those who lose their life for my sake will find it. In other words, those who embrace the cross, brace the struggle, use the things that God allows to come into our life that discipline us, that purify our motives. Maybe uh, God works in strange ways, even when people around us have done the wrong thing. And those things can be used in a sense by God to purify us because it draws us and focuses us on needing to trust in the glory and the wonder and the beauty and the magnificence of God that sometimes struggle and strife cause us to to be dependent upon God more clearly. Uh, I uh, was talking to someone from Somalia and they were a Christian immigrant that came to the, co to the country where they were. And, and he said to me, he said, you know, in the country where I, where I was in Somalia, he said, Christians were being killed. And he said, we were able to get out on, on compassionate grounds because Christians were being killed in our country. He said, but before we left, he said, he said, my friends and I, he said, you know, and they were adults. He said, my friends and I, we would go to church every day. We would go to mass every day and we would pray because we didn't know when we might be killed when we might be bashed, when someone in our family might be killed or bashed. We didn't know when, when something might happen that would brutalize one of us. And every day we prayed. And then we moved to Australia. We moved to Australia, a country just like the United States, that's free, democracy, and you get to choose. And this person said to me, he said, we got out. We were able to escape on this visa because it was becoming so violent for Christians. We got here. And when I arrived here, I met some of the people that had been in Somalia with me going through all of this, whom had been the people that we pray with. And, and when I spoke to them and I just arrived, I said, OK, so where are we going to church? They'd been here for a few months longer than me. 
And I said, where do we go to church? We're going to pray. And they turned to me and said, I don't know, here you don't have to pray. Here we don't pray anymore. We don't because you don't get persecuted in the same way. And, and the scripture goes on and it says, and, and it says this, um, uh, for what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? What will it profit someone if we become like the world around us? We, could, we, we will lose our eternal life. We're called to be different. We're called to see differently. And the lure of the world that's, that puts us into places where we don't have to go after God. We don't have to seek after God. We don't have to be strong after God. We don't have to be deliberate after God. And where we can go, oh, it's safe. It's peaceful here. It means that there's not the urgency to lay our life down, to take up our cross and do what we have to do to be a follower of Christ. Sometimes the ease makes it much easier to turn away from God. Sometimes the struggle, the difficulty, the things that happen in our workplace, the things that others do and gets us into stress, and we have to turn to God and ask for grace, and we have to ask God for help. Sometimes those are the very things that we need to embrace. Some of those things which we might say are like the cross, we embrace the difficulty, are the things that are causing us to draw to God because God is playing the long game. Loving God, we know that your ultimate plan is to draw you to you, to yourself, to draw us to yourself. Allow in this Lenten journey for us to experience your power and to see your plan. And Father, we ask this prayer in this Lenten season, in Jesus' name, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you all, everybody. See you tomorrow. And don't forget, wherever you are, God is never far from you. <music>